All right, let's get to thrive in chaos. Do you ever feel that the world has, has gone out of their minds? Right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, down is up. All I hear is people saying that, that they want more government involvement in working out these issues. Then at the same time, I hear people saying, I don't want the government telling me what to do. Here's what's interesting, is that most people have felt this way throughout history. Almost every generation will look back <coughs> and wonder that what was what about the good old days? I miss them. Well, it's a human nature, and the chaos from the past tends to fade from our memories while the injustice and the chaos of the present stands out in such a bold display. Perhaps this is why Solomon, he, 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 he wrote this under the leading of, of the Holy Spirit in, in Ecclesiastes 7.10. Do not say, why were um, the good old days, um, um, excuse me, why were the old days better than these? For it is unwise of you to ask about this. <laughs> I wonder about you baby boomers out there, you um, former hippies. Have you forgotten about the, the past? Maybe we have made it a, a sense of romanticized and the decadent and the violent days of our youth. Those who barely um, uh, served the times of all the issues that was going on, for instance, the Political leaders and the presidents were shot at and assassinated. An unpopular war cost 58,000 American lives. Those who served bravely in our country turned home and was treated with unwarranted scorn. The immoral sex and the hallucinatory drugs were celebrated as a path to enlightenment. Race riots were burning down major cities. Police were called pigs. And no one is over the age of 30 was to be trusted. Now get this. Worse, some people wore leisure suits in public, and they wore them proudly. Just saying. You know. I had one of those. It was a type of uh, rust-color leisure suit. I get that out of your mind as you picture me in it. I realize that we really are living in chaotic times. We can easily find a whole lot of things that just don't make any sense. And I'm not suggesting that we only focus on the negative or that we ignore what's actually happening around us. For here's what really is happening. Being the responsible followers of Christ that we are, we're gathering as much information that we can in this chaotic time so that we can make the right decisions. Here's what's interesting to me, is that where and who do we get that information from? Now, even though those people may be experts and they could be trusted, we are still hearing what they are saying through the bias of their understanding. 
However, I do know that we all have had people in our lives that were uh, um, very special to us, uh, mentors who touched our lives in different seasons in our lives. From the very beginning of, of the days before I got married to uh, Arlene and I getting married 50, almost 52 years ago, there was a couple, Tom and Naomi Baker were in our lives. They built a foundation for us that I truly believe that we are in the ministry today because of this couple. My, my first pastor with the pastor, uh, pastor James Grief, I have never known a man that godly. That, that he, it was back in, in the 70s and, and 60s when, when he, he would sing um, songs from the, um, from the book of Psalms. You remember those days when they were doing that in the Jesus festivals? To this very day of having Dr. Ray Schultz in my life, who has given me such amazing advice as a pastor and as a follower of Christ. But even in that, the question I petition of you is how do you evaluate and examine their insightfulness? Because they are just only human beings, are they not? Well, let's talk about a group of people who were known as the Bereans. The Bereans were residents of a city of Macedonia. Paul and Silas preached uh, to these people in their second missionary journey. And, and we read about this account in Acts 17, starting with verse 10. Listen to this. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night. I find that just interesting in itself. Why by night to, to go to this um, Berea, the city of Berea in Macedonia? But they sent them by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Hmm. They received, I love this, they received the word with eagerness and examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standings as well as men. We're talking about Gentiles. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there to agitating and stirring up the crowd. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way uh, to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. These Bereans exhibit several very positive characteristics of how we are to examine and evaluate the chaos in our life and filtering it through the Word of God. First and foremost, the Bereans were more noble because of their willingness of receiving the Word of God. You heard what they said, that the Bereans were eager to hear the teachings, 
eager to hear the teachings? Are you eager to hear them? If you're that eager to hear the word of God, then maybe you could call yourself a Brian. Secondly, the Brians examine that they've heard by comparing it to the Old Testament scripture. The fact that they were listening very closely and they further examined and researched that word to be sure that it lined up with the scripture, that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, this explained very well is that why these people were so effective in the city that to the point that even high-ranking Greek men and women were beginning to follow the message of Christ. And are you willing to examine the Word of God? And if you are, maybe you could be called a Brian. Thirdly, Brian's um, guarded Paul safely. When the enemies came into Thessalonica and, and to Berea to, to disrupt the preaching of Paul and maybe even to bring harm to them, they got Paul out of that city to a place of safety. And, and what they didn't do is that they didn't turn against him or disassociate from him entirely. They protected him. So if you are willing to protect the character of fellow believers in Christ, maybe you could be called a Berean. And fourthly, the Bereans continued to grow in their faith. Now, after Paul left and Silas and Timothy remained in Berea, we don't know why for sure. But here's what I do understand is that there was such a hunger to hear the word and a passion to study that word, to examine it, they wanted to hear more. I believe that Paul, that Silas and Timothy stayed there to be able to continue to teach and help them to grow in their walk in Christ. And saying that, yes, I want you to gather all the information that you can concerning the chaos that is going around us at this time. But don't deny that final step of filtering it all through the Word of God and hear what God is saying to that subject. So listen up. If you want to examine a world that has gone haywire and how to thrive in it all, just read the book of Daniel. You see, when we read the book of Daniel, we think of Daniel and the lion's den, <laughs> or, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the fiery furnace. And, and who of you who've been followers of Christ for a while, who have not seen those, those amazing, yet sometimes complicated charts of the prophecies in Daniel. And all of that is wonderful. But I believe that it's really not the main teaching of Daniel. And here's what's interesting. Daniel never left Babylon. He grew greatly, but he was always a, in captive, captivity there in Babylon. But yet he thrived. That it's something that I really want us to understand. You see, I, I, uh, I love the book of Hebrews because it deals with real issues. 
And the writer of Hebrews doesn't sweep things under the rug. Yes, there were great ministries that were so successful that they were listed in, in the Hall of Fame of Ministries there in Hebrews 11th chapter. But also, it didn't sweep under the rug that there are people who did not receive that promise of surviving, who were suffered greatly and died horribly. You see, Jesus said that we would, um, followers of Christ, that we would face injustice and persecution. That doesn't mean that God won't deliver us. And, and he does, but not all the time. Sometimes our deliverance maybe is not in this world. And when it comes to the book of Daniel, his incredible example of how to live and thrive in the most chaotic environment really is what I want us to be studying in the next several weeks. Do we not live in a world that has become chaotic? The, the, the political arena is out of control. The pandemic it's not just local, it's worldwide. The economic issues is, is crazy. The, the racial issues is alarming. And it's all built on a foundation of an immoral fabric of a world in which we are living in, and it's decaying at the sound-breaking speed. Yet we see Daniel, who is a man who had great faith. Mixed in that faith were three qualities that we're going to be examining in the next several weeks. Those qualities are hope, humility, and wisdom. These traits set him apart, and they can set us apart from the crazy chaos in the world we're living in, and we as well can thrive. This, this, this poor guy, he was an innocent bystander and caught up in the backwash of the chaos of his society in Babylon. I truly don't believe that God has brought this pandemic our way. I do believe, though, that the character of this nation, and more so the character of us, the followers of Christ, are being Challenged like never before. I also feel that our nation may never be the same or, well, our world may never be the same. And I'm not speaking a doomsday message. I believe that Satan is doing everything that he can to hinder the message of Jesus Christ. And he's taking these real issues and trying to do distract what is going on around us. That's why this message that we're going to be studying in the weeks to come on hope and humility and wisdom is going to be so vitally important. And, and it may sound like that just doesn't make any sense that Daniel could thrive in a chaotic world that he, he lived in. Uh, now, please note that I don't think that God is, is taking us, that he's in control of it all, and is like he's having these 
puppets on strings that he's directing this world around us in a preordained cosmic theater that he is um, that he's created. We have a free will, and we have a lot of it, my friend. And, and the issue is, it's your choice and my choice to operate in it. We can choose to live within God's will or outside of it. It's the matter of our own choice. And we determine the outcome by those choices that we are making. And, and the reality is that we can't blame anybody except ourselves by the choices in which we make. It's our choice. God will direct and bless in these things, or he, well, the worst thing that God could ever do within our lives is not that he would, would cast fire upon us, is that he could leave us into our own understanding. And that's that we get in trouble every time with that. See, I understand that, that this, this chaos is going on, but I love that God desires us to be a part of what he is doing in our world. And he invites us to do that by the leading of his spirit. And here is the good news, my friend. Well, it could be put on national coverage. It's never been easy to live a godly life. The pressures and the challenges that we live in today may be daunting, and, and it's nothing new. But our world is still filled with a pandemic and racialism and, and, and chaotic politics and economic uh, roller coasters and a war upon Christianity. But I want you to know that Daniel lived in a fallen world. He lived in this world where, first of all, he, there was a godless king. And we live in a world today with people that are over us, from our parents all the way up to our leaders in our government. The times they are not following the ways of Christ, and we're living in a modern-day Babylon. Secondly, Daniel had a godless religious and educational system. I'm telling you, we have religions popping up all around us that are everything except godly. And our educational system is doing everything it can to attack the moral fiber of God's world. word. Thirdly, Daniel lived in a spiritual hostile environment. I believe that we could put bumper stickers on our cars today that would proclaim every demonic proclamation that people ever want to have, and people give them a thumbs up. But we put on our cars something that is moral, let alone biblical, and you may get keyed, the car get keyed. Most of all, we see that Daniel and his, his friends suffered the indignity have never been able to have children. That's one thing that a Jewish man wanted, is to be able to have a son to pass on that lineage. And that was taken away from them. See, today our society is desiring to wipe out any resemblance of godliness in this generation. And most of all, those in authority, they were really trying to take away any dreams that Daniel had. In the world that we live in, they want to give us dreams, but they're everything but 
godly. So where do we go from here? So often when we're under attack, we, we, we have this thought, I'm going to fight or flight or run. But the good news is that God just doesn't tell us what to do and leaves us alone then. What he does is that he equips us, he provides us with everything that we need. In this chaos, he prepares us for battle before he ever sends us into battle. That's why we're studying his word, came back into the Old Testament in the book of Daniel, because it is preparing us for this chaotic battle in which we are in. I've been telling you over and over again that there's something that he's given us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We pray to God, the Father and God, the Son, but there is a Holy Spirit that has been given to us to be able to equip us, to direct us, to teach us the ways of his word. He provides us with that motivation and power. And he gives us that wisdom of the scripture that will become a game changer, an instruction in which we all need. Listen to me. This is where our lives really begin to blossom. This is where life begins. And this is where we can allow that creative work of the Holy Spirit to be able to be formed in us because he's conforming us into his image, is he not? Hmm. So my challenge to you this morning is to become a Brian. Be hungry in hearing the word of God. Become a student to examine that word on a daily basis. To be respectful by applying that responsible, by applying that word of God in your life and living accordingly. To be protective of one another's as brothers and sisters in Christ and protecting each other's character. And finally, determined to make an impact in the community in which we live in. If you desire to do that, I have something I'm going to ask of you. If I had you here together this morning in, in this sanctuary, I would have an altar call. I would ask you to come forward. But we are not together. You're in your homes. So if you desire to be everything that God has called you to be, to be that Berean, to be able to make a difference in this chaotic time, I know that I can't have you come forward, but what I want you to do, if you're there in your home and you have your family and you're looking at each other, says, do we want to do it? And you come in agreement, take each other's hand right now. If you are alone and you're watching this, I want you to take your own hand and hold that because there's other people who are doing that alone in their homes. And we're coming together in that agreement, virtual agreement, that we believe that God wants to do something in our lives. I believe that he has a plan for our lives. Let's follow. Let's be the plan.